Hi, I'm Isa Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hun. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Twice a week, Musa and I talk about the goings-on in men's and women's football around Europe and sometimes around the world. We like to zoom in, we like to zoom out, we like to make some silly references. So if you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Think we got it? Yeah, that's good. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, oh, yes, my friends, we have done it. This is Fairway Rolling Golf Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals, Joined this week, as we are every week, by our incomparable accomplice, our PGA Tour boots on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. We have switched focus from these United States over to Europe because Lynx Golf is imminently in our future, my birdie buddies. As such, the Nate Dog and I have put on some long pants and some sweater vests, and it's a two ball. Maybe we're going to be sweating a little bit, but look, we're getting into the mode. It's almost time for coffee golf. A couple pegs are in the ground. We're ready to roll. Why don't you come roll with us? Nate Dog. How's that? How you feeling? The wrong way. 
back across the pond. I came from Europe to the U.S. yesterday. I should have been going the other way like all the real golfers. You could have just stayed. You should have gone to London. You could have hung out with Ricky and JT and Jordan and gone to Wimbledon and, and you caught all of your uh, summer Europe feels, buddy. These guys are all in suits and hats. And they really are playing the part, aren't they? Tommy Fleetwood and Justin Rose were there. There's a real... All the country club sports, they, they cross-pollinate. Hey, look, man, they're just living their best lives. Why wouldn't you? Uh, you know, they, they, they have a, a... It's a wonderful co-sanctioned event, the Scottish Open. Uh, and we will be previewing it here on Fairway Rolling, as all of you buddy, birdie buddies of ours expect. But let's go ahead, as is our way on Fairway Rolling. Let's give out some flowers at the top. We had some remarkable finishes uh, domestically here. First and foremost, I want to start with the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach. Huge congratulations to Allison Corpus from Hawaii. We had this very nice symmetry between Michelle Wee bidding adieu as uh, probably the most prominent golfer ever from the state of Hawaii. Um, and her fellow, uh, what's it's she? She's not a statesman. What is she? What's Allison Corpus to Michelle Wee if they're both from this? They both hail from the same state. They're Hawaiian. They're Hawaiian. Statemate. Statemates. Yes. Congratulations, though. And a cool symmetry um, there. You know, they tried on the broadcast to draw parallels between um, Pebble Beach and Hawaii. Wasn't really feeling that, but um, that's honestly, Nate Dog, the worst thing I can say about uh, the broadcast. Yeah, you really felt this broadcast. Well, I, I feel like we call it the way that we see it here on the fairway roll. And we had Kira K. Dixon on last week, and we had great enthusiasm for what we were anticipating in the presentation of the U.S. Women's Open. Um, we had primetime Pebble. It was great to see. It was clear that the weather was kind of on the like the 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 cooler side because everybody was in zip ups and and quarter zips and you know full pants. There wasn't anybody out there. There were some some uh, stocking knit hat kind of vibes out there, which you know also puts us in the correct frame of mind subliminally for the 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 um, European golf. But um, I you know. NBC and its relationship with the U.S. Open has been, you know, su sufficiently in place mm -hmm. for decades now, uh, except for the uh, interregnum that Fox took over for a bit. Um, but uh, in, in, in that in that time, um, you know, they, they have lots of experience at Pebble and it showed. I thought the presentation of Pebble was, was awesome. Um, really enjoyed all the drone shots, really enjoyed all the shots of the environs. And I thought the presentation of the competition was excellent since we gave them a hard time for the presentation of the men's open at LACC. Just wanted yes. to, to give a shout out to NBC for what I thought was a pretty good presentation. Well, there you go. Listen to you house. That's a rarity. What? <laughs> Praising the television broadcast. I'm proud of you. Good job. Thank you for that. Um, and let me ask you something. Go ahead. 
Did this U.S. Open, U.S. Women's Open lack a little star power for you? Like, did they have to sell it to you or did it sell itself because of the course? I mean, Rose Zhang top 10, which is yeah. great. There's only two golfers who've done that this year. Great job, Rose. But in the absence of Nelly, in the absence of, you know, some of the other larger names in the sport, did we not get as much buzz as we might have? Or do you think that this, that this did its job? It's, it's hard to say because it was always going to be the case with me personally that the course was going to be the star of the show. Yeah. I don't, I do I wasn't really that keenly attuned to, I mean, you know, Leona McGuire was on the leaderboard. That, that was the only yes. pick that I gave out last week. Yeah. She was on the leaderboard until she wasn't. Um, right. But the, it, and, and, you know, not to be glib about it. She, um, had, didn't have a good final round, but no. the, uh, the, the the course was the star of the show. The shotgun start guys, Andy Johnson did not um like the modifications to the course, the way that the course competed, the 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 you know the sort of growing up of grass uh and creating rough and narrowing the 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 fairways. Um and I understand from an architectural standpoint, um the basis for his argument. I'm I'm kind of a, a dumber golf consumer. So if you give me Pebble at prime time and tell me that there's a major at stake, then then I'm going to be invested. I'm going to yeah. enjoy it. And the individual yeah. stories of the women at the top of the leaderboard were, um, you know, I- interesting enough to me. I really liked the two amateurs that were kind of dueling it out. The sure. young lady from Ireland and the young lady from Italy. The young lady from Italy ultimately prevailed. I'm not naming names because I'm going to botch them, but uh, that 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 subplot was pretty dramatic. Um, Annika Sorenstam um, yeah. telling on herself once again by uh, taking an illegal drop on the 18th hole and making Michelle we wait to finish her her, her Friday round. <laughs> um, that was hilarious to me. What was the? There was a lot of outrage around that. Does she have like a Patrick Reed esque reputation that I was unaware of? I think over time, more and more folks have come to sort of see and understand and appreciate that first and foremost, in Annika's uh, approach to the game is Annika's um, opinion of herself. I think she holds herself in very high uh, regard and. Look, you know, she was um, an incomparable star on the LPGA for a while. I always found her so endearing. Like when she played the men's event, the way she sort of handled herself. I I don't know. I just didn't know about this level of uh, simmering latent animosity directed at Annika Sorenstam. I thought she was sort of one of the all-time greats. Is this just jealousy or you think it's earned? No, I think there's probably some combination of both, but there is a level of selfishness. She definitely is the person who absolutely arrived here in Washington, D.C. on January the 7th of 2020 after some other stuff happened on January the 6th, 2020 to receive a presidential uh, medal of of whatever uh, alongside Gary Player um, from the president of the United States. Bill Belichick, you know, Notwithstanding whatever your politics might be, Bill Belichick bowed out of that. But Annika and Gary, 
um, went forward with it because, you know, it was already on their schedule. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, the sort of running in and and Rosang head to head didn't quite go. Did did this suffer from being only two weeks after the last major? Or do you do you still like the calendaring of this? I'm I'm fine with it. You know, the we we wondered aloud um with, with Jason Sobel whether, you know, there there was any kind of uh misstep in in the scheduling and you know they they took a week off. The LPGA had a week off in between. I wondered, you know, if that was perhaps a model for the men's tour. Um, but it, it was fine. They were so dramatically different. The the type of competition, the way the course is played. They're on on opposite coasts. We had thunderstorms interrupting, you know, the the play of the PG Women's yeah. PGA yeah, Championship. Yeah. So it felt and it, different. We, we had the spectacle of of pebble it, it felt like you know many moons ago to me personally that that's yeah. the way i'll put it but shouts to allison corpus she was there on the back nine she held up the best under the pressure and that's why she won i think a lot of people had nasa hatawaka hatawoka um penciled in because you know she's a more known name on, on tour i mean corpus was like 37th in the world so she's not like completely out of left field, but uh, looking at the the names on that leaderboard entering Sunday, I think some folks had NASA. Um, but you know, great, great. More, let's get more of this. More women's competitions. Charlie Hall led the charge at the end. I mean, the, the, there was there was good golf to watch. The Charlie Hall thing became like a prevailing like man. Could she she really get there? Could she do this? Um, yeah, yeah. But she was just too far back and. She also had a birdie putt on um, 18 that was short, like another um, person that we're fans of uh, on Sunday. But in any event, uh, <laughs> I would call it a, a wild success. And, you know, let's let's keep on the, these good vibes. Next year's Women's Open Championship is at um, Lancaster Country Club in, what's that, Western Pennsylvania? It so is. that will be um, very cool. And we have a lot more prominent venues coming up for the women. They had a huge purse. Uh, Allison won over two million bucks. Great job. Great job by everybody involved. Well, it was it was an interesting tournament and it was a little bit more of an interesting tournament and venue than what we had happening at TPC Deer Run. Although I do have a soft spot in my heart for TPC Deer Run House. And we had a genuine 59 watch yesterday. In fact, I think it's, I don't think I've seen a 59 quote unquote choked away like that since DJ at that Boston FedEx Cup event in which he was like 11 under through 11 or 12 holes and just couldn't find a way to get it done. I mean, that that was fine. Seb Straka was sitting in the middle of the fairway. He, I mean, his drive was perfect. He was at a number. He had a perfect number. Um, for for his uh approach, and he, he choke tugged it. Yeah, I mean, look, he should have birdied seventeen, which was playing yes. the par five that was playing just about as easy uh, for most people. Like, again, the, the golfer who shall not be named. Uh, th- that was just a nightmare of a hole all week. But uh, any any time it requires a a, a big draw, <laughs> it's not going to go well. But uh, but look, Sep. This is an example, I feel like, House, of... I mean, there were 
15 guys who could have won this golf tournament in hindsight. And it just, in, in a crowded field like that, where there's some guys at the top who don't necessarily have the chops to close, I was a little disappointed in Denny McCarthy. I got to be honest. I really thought this was a tournament that he was going to grab by the throat. I played yesterday morning, Sunday morning. We're taping this uh, late Monday. Mm-hmm. And at, at the club that I played uh, at in the, in the, you know, is this the moment for Denny? There was a lot of unanimity. Um, he never really even threatened. He didn't threaten, and I, I think that that was a little disappointing for a lot of folks. I mean, it, it just that at a tournament like this, anybody can break out, and so you got to step back and say, well, who could really go low? And Sepstrock is one of those guys who, could, I mean, started with a seventy-three and was almost dead last in putting, and yesterday he shot us. He shot a ho hum sixty-two that should have been a fifty-nine. And, yeah. you know, and so look, the, the, that's, that's the story. It's just a reminder that there's always a way to win a golf tournament. Y- you might've said when Sepp got himself to 23 under on wherever he was, 13 or something, 14, 14, and you would have said at that point, okay, the winning, the winning number could be as high as 25 and you might've taken your foot off the gas. Well, coming down the stretch, Brendan Todd and Alex Smalley could have, and probably should have gotten themselves into a playoff. Neither of them handled 17 the way they they should have either. And, uh, you know, Sepp did his best to to pass it away. I wonder how he was really feeling because he had a quite a long time from the time he finished his round until everybody finally came in. But to me, Sepp winning is fine and it's his second win and he deserves the credit. He's a, he's a lovable guy in that regard. Um, but to me, there were two stories coming out of this week that are worth paying attention to. The first is, you and I spoke with Kier Dixon last week, and what I asked to both of you was, did, did Ludwig Aberg's weekend last week trouble you at all? Because he, he came in very hot and then faded as the weekend came. Well, a 63 on Sunday, put that to bed. T4 feels like he's figuring it out, doesn't it, House? That's certainly my view. Uh, and you know, my answer to whether or yeah. not that, that weekend performance the previous week was concerning um, when you posed the question was, you know, God, no. Right. And, you know, he just showed us it's just it's just, a, you know, getting reps. And it, <laughs> at some yeah. point, you know, it rather than it being, um, you know, eight or nine under, he'll go out and do, you know, 10 or 11 under on a Sunday and threaten 59 and just win a golf tournament or he'll be up several strokes. I mean, you can see all of the elements of a killer in this dude, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's coming, and I think definitively that was the question that got answered this weekend. If you're a rookie playing in your you know single-digitith event on the PGA Tour, and after a weekend like last weekend, you get yourself right back into contention, it, it, it kind of tells you all that you need to know, especially, by the way, after he shot a 71 on Saturday, which might have led you to believe, okay, here we go again. He shot 68, 64 to start the week. And then, all right, you know, this is the guy who gets, this is Justin Suh, who we'll talk about a little bit later, who right. is just, you know, dominating in the first two days and gets to the weekend and is almost dead last in, in weekend scoring. So a, a 63 on Sunday is a big statement. So, so that felt like one big takeaway from the week. The second big takeaway from the week for me is that Cameron Young is is getting himself back into position here. And this was a tournament that he probably could have won again with a slightly better Saturday. 
didn't grab it by the throat, but he's back to playing good golf. I, I think we probably overstate a little bit just how, you know, in trouble he's been, but I mean, he's inside the top 70 in FedEx. He's inside, I think he's briefly, yeah, he's inside the top 50 at this point. So he's making his way up there. But this is a guy who literally a year ago, coming out of the open, you and I looked at each other and said, that eagle on 18 was what a man does. This guy is going to win a golf tournament and soon. And he's just had a little bit of a sophomore slump. He does seem to be pulling himself up by his own bootstraps. Well, we sat, in January together in Los Angeles, California, and we're trying to do some season preview prognostication. And Cameron Young's name came up because, you know, we said, you know, who let, let's try and name somebody who might be slightly under the radar yeah. to sort of a casual sports fan, a more casual golf fan as a guy that might win a major in this calendar year. Absolutely. And he finished tied for seventh at the Masters. And then was the lead dog going into the PGA championship. I mean, it, he showed up in every one of, um, you know, all of the, the, uh, prognostications from, from all of our pet, our pals, yeah. all, all of the data sets that folks, you know, pull together. His name f- featured very, uh, prominently in all that stuff. And then he sucked. Yeah. He missed yeah. the cut of the PGA championship and hasn't really been seen until this week. Yeah. Well, and 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 the reason that we saw him this week, and this is part of what we're going to start to see this last month of the season, is there's real pressure based on, you know, w- w- we'll talk about what's happening with Liv, but uh, there is real pressure coming into next season as they still haven't announced the schedule, but we know that the top 50 guys are all good. <laughs> And if you're 50 through 70, maybe you're okay, unclear. If you're worse than 70, you've got absolutely no chance uh, to, to, to play in the really high dollar events that are the manifestation of all of the drama that we've seen between Live and PGA Tour that have definitely forced the hand of the tour to create these events. So Cam Young is playing this event because he needed the points to get himself inside the top 50, he's going to have still his work cut out for him for the back half of the season to get himself into the place that he wants to be. There's a couple other golfers who are like that who we'll talk about coming up. Hey, hey, my Eagle enthusiasts, tee it up on FanDuel this PGA Tour season. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. It does not matter if your first bet is a bogey. Bet $20 to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. We are this week across the pond at the Scottish Open. There is also a domestic event down in Kentucky, the Barbasol. We are focused on the Scottish here at Fairway Roland. We're looking at some finishing positions We like Tommy Fleetwood at the top 10. We like Tyrrell Hatton inside the top 20. We like Ricky Fowler inside the top 20. Adam Scott inside the top 30. Ryan Fox, your New Zealand big heavy hitter, loves Lynx golf. Why don't you sprinkle a little on Foxy? It is a great time to get in on the golf action if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, the app 
remains extraordinarily easy to use. There is a wide range of betting options and props. All those finishing positions, all-in-one props, matchups, of course, so much more. When you win, you get paid instantly. So aim for some green and bet on the PGA Tour. Go to FanDuel.com slash Roland and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash R-O-L-L-I-N to get up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Quick disclaimer, you must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. First online real money wager, only $10 first deposit required. The bonus is issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, Power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, speaking of the PGA Tour and the Live Tour, Nate Dog, a quick visit to the business of golf. We have a handful of developments. Jay Monahan is back, and I'm not talking about Allison Corpus's caddy, whose name is Jay Monahan, and uh, who who won the you know best caddy award. Shouts to the USGA for having a best caddy award. Guess what? The first two years that they've, they've, I mean, the first handful of these they've given have been to the caddy of the player that's won. In any event, Jay Monahan apparently claims, says he wants to be back doing stuff by the 17th of July. Um, I guess we'll see uh, as that comes to pass, right? Well, it, it's interesting that that announcement came within, you know, a day or two of a member of the board policy board in Randall Stevenson who had been 
you know, we haven't said it directly out loud, but if you've really paid attention on Fairway Rolling, you've heard us say that there's rumors about him being PGA Tour commissioner if Monaghan was going to step up and run the whole thing uh, post uh, coming together, which we've been told explicitly it's not a merger. Uh, so they're, they're, Jay coming back to a situation in which there is a lot of broken trust with the players. There's just no doubt about it. And his absence, I think, has only intensified that. Uh, you've got a Senate hearing that's coming. You've got uh, a lot of intrigue behind the scenes around exactly what this agreement actually is. Not a whole lot of time to hammer it out. So here we go. We're, we're into the drama moment. And, and I and I think that if you really read between the lines of that resignation by Randall Stevenson, he did it right as Monaghan was coming back. He probably was waiting to see if Monaghan was going to come back. And when he did come back, it sure feels like that's a subtle signal to the players that perhaps perhaps there's another way forward with a different leader. When you say another way forward, what are you getting at? Because I, I I saw you on the Twitter machine um, sort of uh, chew around the edges of this. But what exactly, since I have you and I, I can put you on the stand and ask you directly, what's that mean? I think that there are a lot of people at the tour who are not ready to concede that the PIF is the only thing that could entity that could fund the future of the PGA Tour. And I think that there are some people who would like to go out to the market and try to find a more, in some of the players' minds, more palatable financial sponsor of the PGA Tour. And they're curious about why they haven't looked at other options. You know, The best CEOs will say, if their team brings them a solution, they'll say, okay, uh, I understand that the house is on fire, and this is your recommended way to put it out. What other options did you consider? And I think that when the players have asked that question of PGA Tour leadership, the answer has been murky at best. The answer has been there aren't really other options. That's why we had to do this. And I suspect that uh, Mr. Stevenson, who has run AT&T and um, you know, certainly is uh, has a Rolodex uh, of or a contact in his iPhone of, full of high net worth individuals and people who've run very large investment funds might have in his mind the idea that there is another way forward with different money. And oh, by the way, if you happen to be the person who puts that together, it seems like perhaps you become the leader of that entity. I, this is, I am speculating, this is not rooted in any on the ground reporting, but the timing of these two things, given the background of lots of rumors that we'd heard that Randall Stevenson was maybe going to step in and be PGA Tour commissioner. It feels a little bit too coincidental. I, I don't want to go conspiracy theory. This may be proven wrong, but as these things move in real time, I suspect that there is going to be a movement to not just say yes to this agreement, but to look at whether there's other alternatives that could be considered. Well, and as we sit here today what you've just sort of countenanced has not been eliminated, right? All, all that has happened is the announcement of two parties who were um, adversaries in litigation have resolved that litigation. And an element of that resolution of that lawsuit is the idea of a potential investment by one of the adversaries into the business of the other adversary. And there are lots and lots and lots of 
you know, permutations and details still to be hashed out, you know, including what happens with the already existing um, competitive golf uh, entity that's that that's out there. And, you know, they've the um, parties have come out and said, you know, in, in broad sweeping statements, well, you know, Jay Monahan will have the ultimate say, so on and so forth. But to your point, that agreement doesn't foreclose the possibility of somebody else stepping up uh, some other sovereign wealth fund, perhaps coming forward and saying, we have an interest in participating in, in, in this, this product. We think that there is a return on an investment that is attractive to us. Yeah. And, you know, part of the ongoing, you know, storyline, uh, in American sports writ large that we'll keep harping on and pointing to is the arrival of foreign investment in, in American sports. I mean, you know, just this several handful of weeks ago, the Qatari Sovereign Wealth Fund uh, and the, and the, the, the Monumental Sports Group, which is the, the Washington, D.C. Yep. Right. Vehicle that owns the Caps and the, and the, and the Wizards and the, uh, the Mystics, you know, announced a 5% investment by that, that fund in, in that business. So yeah. That's an ongoing, you know, thing. I don't. If the Qataris said we want to, we want some, um, you know, skin in this. Is is Randall Stevenson, you know, perhaps a person that might, you know, uh, be interested in listening to it? I don't know. Well, I, I think it, it also comes at a time in which uh, the Senate is hosting a hearing about all this, and their concerns seem to not just be about the Saudis, but about foreign money, generally speaking, and. Um, and so I think it's not just about the players ratifying the agreement or the level of uncertainty, which is, or ambiguity, which is real in the document that was leaked. All of the important points are yet to be negotiated for the most part. So, so with that uncertainty, you still would think, Hey, we want another option. But then when you layer in the regulatory hurdle that it appears, or governmental hurdle that it appears this thing will have to go through. Uh, there's a lot of risk. And so it is probably good discipline and stewardship to be thinking about who else could do this if we don't negotiate the deal with the Saudis. It's the thing you and I spoke about when this first came out, which is like they've lost all the leverage. They've lost all the leverage. If there really is no alternative to taking the PIF money, the Saudis have already gotten what they wanted, which was really a blessing from Jay Monahan on TV that diffused the brand issue. Um, and, and they got access either way. Those are the two things they wanted. They've gotten it period. And they do seem to be in the driver's seat if, if this deal falls apart and the tour does not have an alternative. So you have Ron Price, the COO who, you know, in the absence of Monaghan came out today and basically said, look, definitively, this is not a merger. We sh should have used different language. We should Duh. have communicated differently about this. Duh. But the, the line in what he put out wrote something in The Athletic was this. He said, and I quote, for two years, the question has been who would lead professional golf forward? The answer provided by this work toward a definitive agreement is now clear, the PGA Tour. And so they're answering those questions, I think, that both golf fans have, that the live players have sort of danced around and been a little coy about, um, but that in particular, the government has been very concerned about uh and and so they're they're very clearly going to try to get this 
puck past the goalie if I can, you know, uh, blunder metaphors. Yeah. Um, cross sport metaphors. But if they're going to try to get this puck past the goalie by saying, don't worry, the PGA Tour is in control. The, the real question now is going to be, even if the Senate nods its head and the DOJ and everybody nods their head, are the players ready to say that this is the best path forward, the right source of capital, and ultimately the right person in charge? And that's really the new wrinkle this week, isn't it, House? Well, the answer to that is, how much are they getting? We already know how that's going to play out. As soon as they have an idea as to what they're getting and in what amounts and when, then some of this will come into to, 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 to focus. But in the meantime... Until somebody walks up to them and says, uh, Patrick Cantlay, here is the game plan for the $250 million that we intend to get to you over yeah. by, by some number of, of vehicles and yeah. some over some period of time. It ain't nothing. Right. Yeah. And, and whether Eamon Lynch is reporting about Patrick Cantlay, you know, doing a mutiny or correct or not, like, do you blame Patrick Cantlay for being like, you know, I don't feel 100% great about the way this has been delivered and the solution that's put in front of me. So excuse me for at least holding out some dialogue around whether we have any other options. And I don't know if Patrick's doing that or not, but like it's hard to blame him and frame it as him being difficult or... I think if you're the players right now, you go, wait a minute. There's trust that's broken. We got a commissioner who is uh, somewhat marginalized at the moment. We got government potentially not letting this through. I, I believe House and Nathan, when they say that it doesn't seem like we have a lot of leverage if the Saudis pull out of this or, or if it gets blocked. So what are we going to do if that happens? Let's really work on another option. Not seeing one from the commissioner who's been sidelined for a month you could see why Randall Stevenson might be like, you know what, I'm going to resign because I've got a conflict of interest if I'm working against Jay, and I'm going to go out and see what else we can do, boys. The other element, Nate Dog, to what you're describing is the colossal unforced error that the dummies visited upon themselves by not making their most important constituency a partner in the planning. It like there it it will always remain the uh, unanswerable question why it is that smart people like Jimmy Dunn and Ed Hurley and Jay Monahan thought that they could get player support by announcing this on CNBC while Jay Monahan gave His Excellency the double stroke under the robe. I will never, ever, never, ever understand how or why it is that they didn't come up with a, a, a more um, thoughtful, contemplative, and, you know, step-by-step -step approach to enlisting constituent support from, from, from the players. I'll never understand how they thought that they were going to, like, you know, announcing the resolution of the lawsuit is a wonderful thing, and it would have been super easy to leverage that into, and we're also going to try and find a way to have partnerships going forward. And then let the partners let the players say, "Oh, partnerships. Okay. Well, what's that mean? Well, that means money. Okay. Well, I like money, uh, and I didn't get money if I'm on the PGA tour and not on live. So, how are we going to get that money? And then you could have like a reasonable conversation over time, as opposed to this like you know heavy-handed, ham-fisted 
Look at this. We are we are we are huggings. We are doing the huggings on the CNBC nonsense, which has produced all of this completely unnecessary furor around the the the, the dumb approach. Um, and it remains the case again to your point that you know it's if there are other partners that that come to the table, there's no reason that they should be. Sh- Shooed away, and I don't think that the players are going to accept that, right? I think that's right. There's a lot still to be sorted out. Uh, some of the work that's being done this week in the Senate hearing is to fall on the sword of the communication piece. We'll see if we get a better explanation for the communication strategy that you just took a few interesting shots at. Uh, and as Let's always, bet on it. this is changing week week to week, but. I I would like to think that uh, for the next two weeks, we can focus on the fun that is having the PGA Tour outside the United States and Canada and in some markets and, and on some courses that are going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch visually. You're talking about Nicholasville, Kentucky, right? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I do like the. I, listen, I really do like the Tahoe tournament that's opposite the, the British, uh, and 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 I like the course that's opposite the Scottish. But I'm thinking about the Scottish Open, where we've got a lot of really good players all playing this week. This is going to be one of the first non-elevated tournaments where we get almost all the big guys. I know we don't have Rom this week, but we got almost everybody else. House and and a lot of it is is because is for sure. The, you know, the, the co-sanctioned event, you know, creates the, the easiest pathway possible, but it's also the case that I, the guys like to get over and acclimate. I mean, now we, we, we've seen it. We see the boys over in, in, in London, you know, they're officially on, uh, Euro time, right? They're, they're, they're living their best UK, um, time zone lives and they're acclimated to the weather. The body clocks are all going to be correct. And they're going to North Berwick. Now, there is a tremendous golf course in North Berwick that bears the name North Berwick. There is also the the Renaissance Club. We can't call it the Renaissance Club. We'll hear it five billion times on TV this week. The Renaissance Club. Uh, Don't ask me why they pronounce it in that nonsensical manner. I'm just a regular American Joe, so -hmm. to speak. But... Um, tremendous uh, roster of, of players and really fun to speculate on, um, you know, in the, in the betting markets, in the, in the, in the, in the wagering world on, on some outcomes. Nate Dog, do you have any names circled for the Scottish? House, I am focused on the FedEx Cup. And I know that is a weird thing to say before we actually get to the Open, but there is this pressure we talked about with Cam Young on a bunch of these guys to jockey for whatever the future of golf is going to be. If you're not in the top 50 and maybe top 70, you're going to be missing out on opportunities to make fuck tons of money. Don't know where that money's coming from yet, <laughs> but we know it's coming. It's going to yeah. be there. Yeah. And so I'm looking at the, some of those guys who are potentially on the outside looking in. I'm looking at Justin Thomas, who's currently 70th in the FedEx Cup. He's got 540 points. 50th is 750 points right now. So he's got 210 points to make up. 
there are only a handful of events. If he plays everything between now and the playoffs, he's only got five events to play. So you've got, excuse me, he's only got four events to play. Tenth in the FedEx uh, in any tournament delivers 75 FedEx Cup points. Sixth delivers 100 points. Third delivers 190. Second is 300. So he needs a pretty high top 10 finish just to get himself into range of, of 50th. Now, he can obviously go into Memphis if he's in the top 70, and if he plays well there, points are tripled and he can move up. But w- we started to see some signs of life with, from him over the past couple of weeks. Again, he's there with Ricky. He's there with Jordan. Speaking of a guy, Jordan Spieth is 30th in the FedEx house. Jordan Spieth not getting to Eastlake would be straight up strange because it wouldn't be the first time it's happened in the last five years. Ricky Fowler is the best of the three golfers right now. So I I expect to see those two guys. We'll see about the open, but this should be shooting FedEx cup points in a barrel. And I think they both have their own reasons for looking at them. I love the Jordan Spieth piece of it. Um, I feel less confident about the JT piece, but I, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. I mean, I, I think, uh, it's now or never for JT. I think he knows that. And I suspect part of the reason that they went over there early and did their Rolex uh, sponsor tour of Wimbledon, they, they're getting themselves adjusted. I think they're probably taking the golf a little bit more seriously than the Instagram account suggests. But look, you know who else is on the outside looking in? Shane Lowry. He's oh, 77th wow. in FedEx. Do you remember? He was playing everything this spring, and it was kind of weird. He's only had two missed cuts this entire season. He's got top 20s at Genesis, at the Masters, at the PGA, at the Memorial, and the U.S. Open. Basically, the, the five hardest courses that they've played this year, he's got top 20s. But he's only got one top 10 all season. That was his T5 at Honda. And he's outside looking in. That's how good... The golf has been of late. He's returning at least closer to home. I would expect him this week to play very, very well. I like that. He he wasn't on my radar. Yeah. So I have a question for you. What is going on with Minwoo Lee? He is favored this week ahead of Wyndham Clark, ahead of Sungjae, ahead of Max, ahead of Tom Kim, ahead of Justin Thomas. Is this, do you think, a reflection of just how strong he's coming on at the moment? Do you think people are just building the cult following around him and betting him? What's happened? I think a little bit of that for sure is going on, but he's in um, great form. I mean, didn't he just, we just had a a, a top five uh, out of him at the uh, U.S. Open, didn't we? Yes. And 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 he's played, he, he, he played very well at the Players' Championship. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we kept, we keep seeing him. Um, yeah. Top five at the U S open and top 10 at, at travelers. And he won this golf tournament in 2021, Nate. That's, that's, that's kind of the reason why, I mean, that's you know, why. it's not really going down on a crazy limb. Right. But it, but it is interesting to see, to see him up there. The question is, is that a sucker bet or are you going to get decent odds on a guy in a tournament in which Scheffler's up there, Rory's up there, Cantlay, Xander, Ricky, Victor, Fitzpatrick, like all these guys are in this tournament. Minwoo's sitting there at 35 to one. Just, you know, is, is that, is that the bet you take? Is that the bet you pass on because of, because of the odds? Um, I think it's fine. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got, we got to be thinking about him this, this week. There, there's, there's one other guy that I'm looking at as, as we think about sort of FedEx cup points. 
And by the way, Minwoo obviously not going to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs because he's his membership is right. He's he he's not actually in the rankings this year, but he certainly will be on tour next year. Justin Sub, we talked about him earlier. He's seventy second. Yeah. He had a T5 at Honda where he had the lead. He was a T6 at players a few weeks later. And we all thought, okay, here it is. Finally, Justin's starting to come into his own. We've been expecting greatness from him. Since then, he's played 12 events and he's only missed one cut. So you'd say, wow, he's playing great. But he's only got one top 20 in those 12 events. He is 24th in first round scoring. He is 21st in second round scoring. He's sixth in total birdies on tour. So what the hell's going on? He's 137th in round three scoring, and he is 187th in round four scoring. He is choking and choking hard on the weekends. So he's getting the weekend on the strength of his putter, which is like 11th, but he's 154th in tee to green. And as it gets tougher on the weekend, as it gets a little bit tighter, he's really been struggling. I do think, though, that he learned a ton from those those, uh, finishes earlier in the year. This feels like a guy that we're going to see in Memphis who's going to continue to grow, it would not surprise me to see him play well this week. I, I'm going to root for it because, you know, that that's we want to see that fulfilled promise um, out, out of guys that like this, because this is this is, you know, in some ways we don't want it to, to him to be the cautionary tale to our Ludwig Aberg uh, enthusiasm, right? No, no, we don't. But the, the disparity between scoring in round one and two and scoring in round three and four is as high as there is on tour, period, by a long shot. And we just, it, it, what it says is the guy's capable of playing great golf. It, it, how he, you know, somebody get Julie Elian on line one, Max Homa and Wyndham Clark's therapist, and let's see if we can get him continuing to play well into the weekends. Because if so, you got to watch out. The good golf is there in him. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about, speaking of good golf, I'm, I'm going to do a little parlay from our good friends at, at FanDuel. It's going to be a finishing position parlay, and I'll kind of make the case. And a lot of this is is going to be somewhat self-evident. Uh, I'm going to play Tommy Fleetwood just to finish in the top 10. A lot of folks have him. Uh, he's available at 20 to 1 odds right now. And, you know, there's a, plenty of, of justification. He finished in the top five at the U.S. Open. With the uh, you know the, the 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 fiery sixty three that he shot, been playing on, great golf on Sunday. He was in the playoff of the Canadian Open. You don't need a reminder of what uh, kind of caliber of player he is. And links, he finished in the top five at both the Scottish Open last year and the Open Championship last year. So you don't really going out on a limb with Tommy Fleet with the combination of form and and history makes sense. Uh, I am for sure a thousand percent, um, putting Ricky Fowler into this because I'm going to bet with what I want my own eyes to see. Uh, the last time he played, he won. I will remind everybody Xander Shafley did this just last year. He played an event and then came over to Scotland and won it. It is doable. It is possible. All I'm asking of Ricky is a top 20. We know of his acumen and skill in links, including winning this very tournament in 2015. He's available at 18 to one to win. I'm not going to mess around with that, but for him to finish top 20 based on what we've seen out of him, where he's at, where his head is at, most importantly, mm. that that's the aspect of it that I like the most. And then uh, I'll mean shouts to, to Sobel 
I'm going to cue off of something he and his um, one of his, his uh, betting partners, Jeff Ulrich, uh, they both like Adam Scott and Sobel, especially on the Action Network, you know, in his write-up this week, loves Adam Scott this week. Uh, Adam Scott has a tremendous um, links resume. He should have won the Open Championship uh, at least once, if not twice. You know, obviously the one that, that uh, Ernie Els um, won was quietly a colossal choke job. But uh, Adam Scott has been grinding this year. He's played 14 uh, events already. Yeah. Uh, made the cut in 13 of them. We have three top 10s. We have five top 25s. Why is Adam Scott, who turns 43 this weekend, out, out grinding? Because, because he had such a close call last year. Yeah. Where he, he had to work his way all the way up with great play at the end, put a lot of pressure on himself to get into the playoffs. And I think this year he just decided to make that schedule so that he didn't come down the stretch and be you know in trouble on the, on the point side of things. Now, if you're worried about him, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but he finished in the top 40 at the Masters and finished in the top 30 at the PGA Championship. Tied for fifth at Wells Fargo, which is down at Quail Hollow. Tied for ninth at the Memorial. So hard golf courses, you know, fine, right? And uh, the links aspect of it, it, and all I'm asking for from Adam Scott is a top 30. So that's your three-leg parlay, my betting buddies. Tommy Fleetwood, top 10. Ricky Fowler, top 20. Adam Scott, Top yeah, 30. And, and, and by the way, 79th in FedEx right now. So he's another one of those guys who's on the outside, but who certainly has the game to do this and, and has got to refocus. And he, he's he's going to play well this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other names that you have circled? No, that's a great list. Let's go. Yeah, I like the, I like the list also. Shout said that the, the, the guys mentioned Ryan Fox. I've been, We've been watching Ryan yeah. Fox. He earned his PGA Tour card. He's from New Zealand. Uh, yeah. I went on New Zealand radio. This is a true story. And the gentleman who hosted the uh, radio bit um, told me right before the PGA Championship to keep an eye on Foxy because he's a guy that can hit the ball a mile. Foxy has good uh, resume um, on, on links courses. He earned his PGA Tour card this year, so he's been playing a lot more of the uh, U.S. PGA Tour events, but he won the Dunhill um, last October, the uh, Alfred Dunhill, and that's a that's a Lynx, pure Lynx. Um, you know they they have three courses in their rota, but for sure Foxy uh, on Lynx. And then we'll just give our usual kind of nod to Tyrrell Hatton because we every time we're talking about a big sort of big time golf tournament, um, we have to talk about his resume. You know, six top tens this year. Uh, he finished twenty seventh at the U.S. Open. That was his worst finish since April. And he doesn't have a tremendous track record in the Scottish, but at the Open Championship, he has three top 11s. So you know that what he what he's capable of. Um, so that those are those are the couple of the names. And then you just keep talking about Victor Hovland because Victor Hovland is a, around the hoop. Um, anytime there's a, a peg in the ground, Nate Dog. As 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 we would expect at this point, it it is a very interesting year in which uh the odds on hovland are basically half of what they are on 
Max Homa, Justin Thomas, et cetera. I mean, this is, there has been a little bit of a changing of the guard over the past six to nine months in golf. Scheffler and McElroy still at the top there, along with Rom, who's not playing this week. But underneath those guys, there's been a little bit of realignment. Well, there we have it. My birdie buddies, start getting your reps in now on the coffee golf. You might as well go ahead and, 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 you know, wake up a little earlier than usual. You have this the beautiful Renaissance, Renaissance Club. At least it's links, right? Uh, I don't, I, I don't love that golf course. Considering all the golf courses they could be doing this at, but it's fine. Uh, and and just in, in, enjoy. We have two straight weeks of of links golf in our lives. Um, waking up early and and catching all the world's best. It's a tremendous time if you're anywhere in these United States to throw your own peg in the ground uh, and, and, and get out there. Thanks to our producer, Eduardo Ocampo, my good friends. The Open Championship is right around the corner. You know that next week we will be preparing you properly for all the ins and outs of Hoylake, including, you know, the great triumph of none other than Roy McElroy, whose name you might hear a few times out of my mouth. In the meantime, please throw a peg in the ground, and if you're able to do it, let's hit him straight up there. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. If you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. If you are in Arizona, you call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 533 421 888 789 7777 in Connecticut. That's the number. Or you can visit ccpg.org slash chat. Once again, that's in Connecticut. In Indiana, you call 1 800 9 with it. In Kansas, 1 800 522 4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Louisiana it's 1-877-770-STOP in Maryland visit mdgamblinghelp.org visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming hope is here visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327- 5050 for 24 7 support in Massachusetts or in New York, you call 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY in New York.